Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to podcast number 12 of Just a Chat with myself, Ashley, and Chris. Uh, once again, as always, thank you for your feedback uh, through social media, and thank you for all your questions coming in. It's good to see that we're, we're helping you guys. And today, something slightly different, we're going to do a Q&A. This is the, um, the questions that have been kind of getting through you guys through social media. So, um, so yeah, we hopefully can answer some of them, and we're going to get cracked straight in. So, Ashley has them all. So, uh, Ashley, if you can give us our first question, we'll get Del straight in. Sure. So, um, like I says, these are things that just be coming through your social media platforms. So, um, we're always taking questions, and some of them are just really good that we'll, we'll just talk about them on a podcast. So, the first one, one that we've actually been getting quite a lot, like, as individuals, is, like, what should I look for in a good coach? So, um like I'll just start with this one. Um, for me, the most important thing about a coach is that they meet you where you're at. Okay. So they take the time to totally understand where you've been, where you are now and where you want to be. And they work off that. They don't have any preconceived like cookie cutter programs that they just fire you on that all their clients are on. It's all, you know, they meet you where you're at, where your struggles are, and they take you from there instead of giving you programs that are too advanced for you that you're never going to be able to stick to. It's about kind of the, the, the coach just understanding where exactly where you're at. And that's why I find sometimes it's important to go to a coach that specializes in people that are similar to you, because it means they're obviously used to working with people like you and stuff. So for me, um, a good coach is someone that has their clients first. They're very client centered. Um, and yeah, they meet their client where they're at and don't put any too tough expectations on. Um, mm -hmm. Just in a nutshell, for me, that's kind of where yeah. what I would look for personally. Uh, what about you guys? You can kind of gauge that in your kind of consultation as well. Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you if you hear a coach saying um, pretty much like a five ten minute consultation, and they kind of sit you down and say, "Listen, I want to do PT," and they start talking about packages and how much it is per month and all that kind of stuff, without really getting, like you said, actually, like mm -hmm. you know, where are you? Where do you want to go? Time scales involved talking about things like your nutrition, your sleep, stress levels, uh, what kind of stuff you've done before, and doing a movement assessment and all that kind of stuff. And they're just kind of saying to you, oh, by the way, right, you want a personal training, great. This is what I do. This is how I train my clients. And by the way, it's X amount of pounds per month. Um, yeah, that's not a red flag, but that's when me there's a lot of questions need to be asked. Um, you, you have to understand, you know, if you're looking for a coach, you have to kind of feel a connection with them and a trust that they are genuinely as into your goal as what you are. Like they have that connection to your goal. It can't just be, you know, you can get the vibes that they're just after money. They have to actually sit down and really understand you. Yeah. And if they don't do that, then that, like you said, guys, that is a red flag. Yeah. And even like, you know, it was something really special, like say, for example, like, like yourself, Chris, you know, you've, you've had your coach before, you, you're wanting to do a bodybuilding competition. You don't just go to any with like, you know, Johnny Sixpack that's in the gym and say, oh, he looks buff, I'm going to go and train him. You know, you do your research and then from a, a coach like that, they will say, well, do you know what? You want to stand on stage and compete. I've trained these people and I've actually got, you know, like, like 
proof. Yeah, you've, you, it's almost like you've got proof that what you do works. Sorry, I was looking for a word there. I couldn't even think about what it was. But no, I like, you know, like, just make sure that, you know, I, 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 every PT, you know, the majority of ones can get good uh, good clients that get uh, weight loss and kind of stuff like that. And I think as a PT, that's what we get most of the time. But if somebody, like for yourself, Chris, would come come to you and stand, if somebody came to me, and, and this has happened with Chris and I, young lad came in and said, listen, I want to get big and I want to get a strength and size on, but then I potentially want to actually stand on a stage and compete. And I said, wait a minute. And I actually went next door and I got Chris and I got Chris through because although, yes, I, well, I could do it to a degree, but Chris has got far better experience than me. So something that's kind of niche like that to say, yeah, I want to actually physically stand on stage. You want to make sure that the coach that you are getting is either, well, yeah, you want to make sure that every coach you get has done some kind of transformation and been in the best shape of their life. And two, they've actually done what you want to do. I mean, you wouldn't have you wouldn't hire a, a boxing coach to go for a, a to have a fight that's never that's never done power work before or anything like that, or never even stepped in the ring. You, that's just crazy. You know, you, you hire a coach specifically for what you need. So, I mean, did you you had your coach Chris, and what what, yeah. what when when you did that? I mean, obviously you stood on stage and, and won that competition. By the way, yeah. check it Facebook. But um, what did you look for in your coach? Yeah. So. I think what I look for is um, someone who practices what they preach, basically. Um, so, you know, if you're gonna go with someone, how how would you, like, how would you expect your clients to get results if you don't do that yourself and you haven't kind of been in the trenches yourself? So, I think you need someone who who's done the work themselves, depending on what obviously what you're looking for. Um, and I think we talked about it. Um, last week like um like yourself guys or you kind of you're into your olympic lifting and stuff so you've you've done the groundwork and stuff in that um and that's what you do is your training style so um it's like me i'm if i go to a coach i'm gonna pick someone who's um of higher experience than me um who practices what they preach um who looks good because that's ultimately what i want um and i think it's the same when you go to a coach as well you need to see that it's someone that kind of um i think you know like again you could compare that to your boxing example you wouldn't go to choose a boxing coach who's never done any pad work before or you wouldn't go to um you wouldn't go to the guy who works in uh i don't know like retail for mortgage advice you know so um so that's that's what i think is quite yeah it's it's important the relatable you know what i mean you're you're a coach they can relate to what you're going through now you know no matter what it is you know it's hugely important that you can look at someone and go they understand me or they'll understand where i'm coming from with this and that's why you know a a lot of pts uh, well that's why i know us three we're all very we tend to train mostly, you know, bar a few exceptions, like certain types of people, you know what I mean? I'm mostly, you know, uh, women sort of over 35-ish wanting to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. Gaz, you're mostly into, you know, your Olympic lifting. You know, Chris, you know, you're into, you know, strong with big, you know, the bigger lifts, squats, deadlifts and that. And although we do train people outside of those niches, like we tend to try to stick to, you know, similar people because it means we can become experts in those fields, you know, and we can give the best coaching possible to like that certain amount of people. 
Now, yeah. I do train people outside of what I've just said, but I could say 80, 90% of the people are all very similar because that's what I specialize in. And yeah. I think it's important that when you're looking for a coach, you go to someone that trains and specializes in what you're trying to achieve or has worked with people with what you're trying to achieve. And they have proof of it. Because, you know, we've all come across coaches that bum and blow about everything under the sun. But really, when it comes down to it, there's not much behind the words that they speak. So it's important to kind of have a connection with your coach. That's exactly what I was going to say. And you want to make sure that ultimately you actually get on with them. Um, You'd be amazed at the the amount of people that meet. Oh, yeah, I go training uh, with with a guy, but he's a completely not a dick. And you're like, mm, okay, then that's just not going to last. You want to make sure you actually get on with the person as well and actually have some good kind of conversation with them. I remember years ago when I first started back in the, the prehistoric times, when I first started PTN, I had a lady come to me called Kim and she came to me because her first trainer was like a younger lad, but all he was interested is going out the weekend and all that kind of stuff. So she said when, when they, they had conversations, she was kind of talking about, you know, like, go out with our kids and go to the movies or stuff like that, whereas he was just wanting to get seshed up and buy like a Range Rover or something like <laughs> They were on completely end of the spectrum. So me being the, the slightly mature, mature gentleman than what he was, um, at that time even, uh, we had a wee bit more kind of sort of common ground. So yeah. you know, you, you, that's why... You, I, yeah, you had similar like experiences and stuff. Experiences and stuff, yeah. So when, you, when you're getting to know somebody, you know, and you're having that kind of small chat at the start because you don't really know them, you didn't want to be sitting there going, oh, this guy actually really makes me intimidated and he's, he's talking about going out and getting absolutely hammered at the weekend. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would never do that. So you want to kind of find these things about your coach as well. So although they've got the experience and everything to, to train you, you're actually going to get on with them. And you're actually going to, do you know what, I actually want to pay this this guy, this girl to actually pay me. And do you know what, we're going to have a good working relationship. I think if you don't, it, like like a lot of things in life, uh, uh, you're going to you're going to set yourself up for a fall and say actually do you know what you're going to skip sessions and then ultimately it's just going to fall apart very very quickly. I think that's quite a good thing actually. Like you do have something um, a little bit in common. I know one of the ladies that I um, took on recently is like um, uh, she's like an engineer. Um, so uh, like I studied engineering and very into kind of research based papers and stuff for exercise. You can find a common ground in that. Like, if you're a coach who who coaches like business professionals, it'd be quite good to be clued up on uh, a bit on like business and like stock market and stuff. So you can have something in common to chat about, and you genuinely kind of get on as a almost like not a friend, like as a, as a different relationship with your like an, an acquaintance almost. Yeah, yeah, like something that yeah, someone that um, you can trust. So on that you gel with, so you can have that open relationship, um, which is really important. Obviously, as we know, like as a coach, like is the honesty aspect. You have like a client needs to be a hundred percent honest for you to be able to get results with them. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's another uh, key point. Um, and then another one I wanted to mention, which I think Ashley basically said, is having a clear understanding of what the client wants as a goal. Um, because if you don't, if, you, if that kind of goes slight, slightly skewed, 
could lead your client down a wrong path, you know. Um, yeah. you As a coach, yeah, if you're, you're looking for a coach, they have to understand you. And it has to be like you speaking to the coach, not the coach telling you what you should do. You should do this or you need to do this. Like should and need are words that you shouldn't really hear from a coach because yeah. we're here to help and it's your journey so it should be you telling the your coach like this is what i'm trying to do and the coach should then be saying things you know in order to help aid that journey so you don't want your coach just dictating to you telling you what you need to do you have to like i said they have to meet you where you're at yeah not where they think you should be yeah, exactly. And you want them to train in, in your style and not in their style because you see that a lot of times coaches, mm. they, they train their clients the way that they train, but their clients don't want to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. It has to be how the client's going to work. Um, so as well, like it's important to, yeah, keep on question, question. If you've got a coach, question on everything, if there's anything you're not sure of. And um, um, like if someone says oh you have to do it this way because and there's no real like evidence or anything to back it up then question what your what your coach is actually doing there um yeah. and, and as a coach coaching, as a coach i like that i like when people go you know why am i doing this this way instead of that way yeah you know and then i'm happy to answer the questions because this way we're going to target xyz the other way targets this and this and that and i'm like i love it when they ask those questions I don't get defensive when people ask me those questions. Yeah. If your PT starts to go like, oh, uh, 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 then you know they really don't have a clue what they're doing. I also think it's fine for your coach to say, um, listen, I don't know. But I think oh, that's of course. more testament than anything to say, listen, I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research this for you. That's, that's, that's a perfect response, but if they deflect, then you know that, they're, you know, oh, no, it's just a better way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Instead of saying like, "Oh, actually, I'll I'll have a look. I like I'll research that." Anything that preaches like these definite ideas, like on how to do something, like you see it a lot on social media. It's like, "Oh, you must do this. You must do that." Um, then question that because it's there's no uh, definite answers in this realm of fitness, you know. Um, and different people react to the same thing differently. You, know, yeah. you could give 10 people the same calories, same exercise program, everything, and each person will react differently. I think so, I think if you look out on the gym floor, like so this is probably one for the, the listeners, is basically if you're if you're thinking, considering about getting a coach and you're you're like you go to the gym already, just look out for what the coaches the coaches around are doing. So if the coach is on their phone. Uh, texting whilst whilst meant supposedly meant to be PTing someone, then that's obviously a red flag. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like actually paying attention to them. Look for coaches who look uninterested, unenthusiastic about what they're doing. These are the sort of like red flag signs that the person might not have. Yeah, and best, it, one best. thing that's a fantastic point, Chris. And look at what how the PT is reacting when their clients aren't looking yeah. are they watching exactly what their clients doing or are they watching someone else or something else and this is when it comes down don't pick a pt based on their price for the love of god right yeah. think of yourself i think think if you're investing in a car right 
would you go for the cheapest car all because it's the cheapest? No, you wouldn't. You would go for the one that absolutely fits perfectly to your needs. You know, if you've got kids in the back seat, you've got kids and stuff and you need to get into the back seat, you're not going to buy a three door car because it's cheaper. You're going to yeah. buy the one that is absolutely perfect for you that has five doors so you can get a child seat in the back or whatever. So yeah. don't judge PTs by their price. Judge them by what they um, can do for you, what they can offer you, how well they fit what you're trying to do. Because... Yeah unlike buying a car where as soon as you buy it you like lose money hiring a coach is an investment in yourself it is an investment and if you're paying for a coach you will learn things for the rest of your life or you should be if you've had a coach for a couple of months and you look back and you, you haven't learned anything you couldn't tell anything that you've learned you need to look for a new coach yeah you Which should be yeah i know it happens all the time but you know when you're with a coach you should look back and go god i've learned this and that and that and i can now eat better and i can now know how to manage a night out and i can have a night out guilt-free and i can do all these things that's what you should be doing so yeah. don't judge it by price you wouldn't do it with a car don't do it with your your coach either because it, yeah. it just won't work yeah likewise yeah. that goes back to um uh, your coach as well um, being a role model so if your coach is investing in their own education and trying to upskill themselves then that's a good indication that that's yeah. that's going to be someone who's going to be pretty good like um you should yeah. see a progression when your own coach over the time you're training with yeah them. absolutely yeah you know and if, if it's three months you should see an improvement in your coach over the three months yeah or you know the six months or the year and yeah. they should be a better PT or coach by the end of your time with them than they were at the start. Absolutely, yeah. That's hugely important too. So, you know, if you've got a coach and those things aren't happening, then either have a chat with your coach um, and just kind of reassess things. But um, do you have anything else to say on that question, guys? No, I think we're not pretty well. Yeah, oh, covered a lot on that, yeah. So there's another one, um, and this actually came up and it was someone was counting their calories and they'd mentioned that like they went over in their carbs. So their, their macros, they went over on their carbs by eating a, a mango, right? Like, Oh, should I stop eating the mango? Okay. So the question is basically the processed carbs versus unprocessed carbs. Okay. So, my reaction to this is damn these weight loss carbs. <laughs> like that was my instant reaction. It was just like this is what the world is turning to where people are actually considering not eating fruit and veg because they have carbs in them. And for me, like that I'm like just face palm with that because what they forget is what you're going to get. You see in the unprocessed carbs, which is your fruit and your veg and stuff, you're going to get so much more from those in terms of all your vitamins, your minerals, everything. You're going to get so much more benefit from having like a mango than you are a piece of bread or oh. pasta or rice. You're going to get so much more benefit gram for gram in terms of carbs from the fruit and the veg than you are from the processed stuff like bread because of all the goodness that's in it so if you're going to be over in your carbs and it 
it's because you're having like fruit like that's okay and by over in your carbs if you're counting calories or whatever it's only like a couple you know if you're a couple percent over or a couple of grams over you're not gonna die from having extra fruit you know that is not the problem and for me it's like having to answer those questions sometimes i'm like i know it's come from these clubs where you've you know things are bad for you and this isn't good and you have to count everything from now until the end of time and processed foods um are apparently better for you than unprocessed foods you know like avocados are like bad I'm like, they grow off a tree, but yet something that you man-made in a factory full of all the whatever in the day is actually classed as healthier and it blows my mind. So for me, whenever it comes to that, if if it's between a mango and like a, a round of bread or, you know, something or pasta that's man-made, the mango wins like all day. Um, I don't know what you guys have to say, you know, processed carbs versus unprocessed carbs. I think I think with that question, I wasn't quite sure what the person was looking to do in terms of is it because are they saying like are they trying to stick to a calorie target and they've yeah so they're trying to hit, stick to calories and macros but so, they didn't realise how much like carbs were actually in fruit and yeah. stuff so and basically my thing was you know if you you know, when it comes to fruit, you're better off being over in your carbs for fruit for a day than you are like processed carbs. Yeah. Like you're, it's not the end of the world. And then the next day you can learn from it. Sure, sure. I think, I think though, why maybe ask why the person isn't hitting that that target if they're if they're if the right fit for them is um, calorie counting um, and they're going on that route. Um, could you be a bit? Could the calories be set a bit too low? Mm. Um, could they not really be ready for that? Maybe like that person in particular um, is at a stage where they need to try and eliminate um, sort of or or introduce more um, whole source foods into their diet, um, typically rather than going for um, kind of posted or maybe typically they come from a background where it's like processed options of food. Um, which is causing a bit of digestive issues um, and stuff like that, um, because of course, if you have, um, I'm not, I'm not labeling any foods as bad. I think, I, I think that's quite bad. All foods have some sort of benefit, but when you think of particularly very heavily processed foods, they're going to be causing a lot of um, digestive stress to you. Um, Energy is going to be not great off them. Um, and you'll you'll probably be able to tell know that right. Um, you know, if I eat anything which is like, I think the the a good example of this would be a chippy. If I eat a chippy, I feel like pretty much like or a Chinese actually like Chinese food. If I eat Chinese food, I feel awful the next day, like horrendous. So that's um, just loads of additives and stuff which isn't which is causing a lot of digestive stress it's mainly digestion because I feel like horrendously bloated the next day mm -hmm. um, so maybe maybe like that person uh, needs to think like what um what kind of food am I eating during the day like don't worry too much about going over the calories on this yeah. I, need to, I need to find a solid base diet which is healthy get all my micronutrients 
Um, and yeah, I think I think that's what people forget about though when they look at carbs. They're just like, you know, this round of bread is actually less carbs than this mango. Is it's that kind of thought process, and you're like, yes, but that's not all that defines the difference between these yeah. two things. You know, look at all the extra goodness. You know, think yeah. of all the extra goodness you're going to get from that mango. Yeah. compared to the thing of bread so it's like yes it's fine to label things as carbs proteins fats but you've also got to look into the extra benefits from having one thing over the other you know what i mean like again i can kind of link that back to buying the car it's like are you just gonna buy like the cheapest car because it has less in it but not actually look at the features of the car or are you gonna buy the car that has all the good stuff in it that it maybe is a little bit more you know so yeah. like you've got to kind of look at those as well i think i get it from the weight loss club perspective because um yeah that's where it's come from the weight loss club all they care about is getting you to lose weight so yeah an avocado has more calories than a slice of bread Uh, that's fact so you if you were to eat um just like say you were to eat 10 avocados in a day and 10 slices of bread in a day you've got more, way more calories than avocados. So in theory, you should, um, if that was over your maintenance calories, you'd put on yes. weight. Whereas like if the 10 slices of bread were under your maintenance calories, you'd lose weight. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's that, those kind that's of... That's calories. But in terms of nutritional value, um, there's nothing wrong with bread either. Um, no, absolutely bread. not. It was just um, the example. And I was just like... Digestive, unless you get that particular issue, like you're gluten intolerant or whatever, but... It's just, it's important to look at foods beyond what, you know, just being a carb. Mm. You know, you've got to kind of assess everything else as well. Um, yeah. Another, we'll get on to another question. Yeah, go for it. Um, we'll fire this one to you guys. Is, sh- so, protein powders. Mm-hmm. Should the average Joe be having a protein powder if they're not hitting their protein targets? What is, what is, I would start by saying a protein supplement is there as a supplement. Yeah. So fact. So you don't need protein supplements. Um, protein supplements are literally there to help supplement the protein in your diet. So I always get my clients to get the nutritional carbs, fats, and protein from solid food because it's just far better. But um, if you are at a time where they do, they do have their, um, they're obviously, uh, they're good in some way. So if you're and you need to spike up your protein, then absolutely go for a protein shake. But what the big picture is, people take too many protein shakes when A, they probably don't need them and they're getting enough from their diet. Mm-hmm. And B, they're probably taking them because they see what they kind of see on social media. And yeah. three, they're probably not. I didn't want to say that. They're probably not, probably not training hard enough and causing enough like kind of stress in the body to warrant guzzling two and three protein shakes a day. They'd be yeah. they get it from their diet. So they have, in my honest opinion, I mean, I've got a, I bought a two and a half kilogram bag of protein powder, and it's in my cupboard, and I went out a date in May, and I've still got one point six kilograms of protein powder left. That's how much I use them. Um, your average kind of person that goes to the gym three times a week, something like that? No. No, I would say no, you didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, your bodybuilder like Chris? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, yeah, you would, you would need to take one because you're going to, there's going to be times where you're going to be hungry and stuff like that, and that's just going to help supplement your protein intake. Absolutely. So they have got a, they have got a place, but I think people, when they look at the big picture, instead of thinking about their training, their nutrition, their sleep, their stress, they're thinking about, you know, the latest fad, the latest program and supplements. That's always yes. high on the level, whereas it's completely the other way around. So the, my honest answer, to put it simply, is yes and no. It depends what you're doing, but for the average, Johnny six pack on the street, no, you don't need the protein shake. It's like yeah. You'll get there through your food because for what you're doing, you 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 won't need to supplement protein. You'll be able to get it through your food. But yeah. like, let's just try to stack on size. You're going to stand on a stage. Ah, you'll take a supplement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think that, that that's hugely important. Is the answer really is it depends. But yeah. in terms of one, you have to be working yourself hard enough to be creating sort of a, like damage so that you need the protein shake, you know. Um, and then you have to time when you have it. Just waking up in the morning, just having a protein shake when you're not going to work out for like seven hours. It's like you, you know you have to use them wisely. Obviously, if you are on a diet that um, severely like, can lack in protein or it's hard to get protein, you know, sort of vegetarians, you know, things like vegans, you know, people that uh, naturally in their diet, they would have to consume a lot of like plant-based things in order to get their, fr- their protein up. Then mm-hmm. that's when you would look at having a protein powder to kind of supplement that along. But yeah, see, that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's but in general, it's you know, you don't need them. The The protein chocolate bars, you don't need them either. You know, all because they've got more protein doesn't mean it justifies you having a chocolate bar. You know, it, it, it definitely depends. But for the average person, you should be able to get enough protein into your diet easily to supplement your workouts. If you're starting to go to failure and really pushing yourself, then you should probably be looking at them. But again, be educated and know how much and when you should actually be having them. Yeah, I think, I think so, it's, your, if your protein target is quite high, like mine, because I'm hitting yeah. about 220 grams of protein or between 200 to 220, like it's definitely useful having, like protein powder is not a special steroid thing it's it's a food supplement it is food um which a lot of people fail to realize it's just food it's whey so when you when you get um well most of you get a whey isolate blend obviously um you know when you make cheese you get your curds and whey (laughs) that's whey yeah it's nothing special um what i would urge people to do if they're considering um getting a protein shake um like one is yeah, find out where you what how much protein you need to to get to um accommodate what your goals so if you're if you're looking to build muscle and you're doing a lot of high and um heavy resistance training then you might have that slightly higher target and see what you can get through normal food sources and if you're falling a bit short a protein powder could be quite useful but exactly. then also be aware right um because i've found i used to be a big um buying my protein and i I probably only very recently have switched to a different style protein powder now because i find like some of these protein powders um i'm not saying my protein in general but like some protein powders can have um uh, digestion issues in your stomach and like you you know the feeling when you've had one uh, feel bloated 
So um, some of these uh, more expensive brands can actually be a good investment just because the quality is going to be a lot better. Um, you'll be able to uptake the nutrients a lot easier um, or the, the protein. And then also they're not going to cause that digestive stress. There's less additives to them. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing I'd look actually really look out for um, if you're going for it, especially someone who's a bit bigger who needs to have protein target and is already eating a lot of food. You want to make digestion as easy as possible. Yeah. So that's yeah, that. yeah, exactly. But we see a lot in the gym, we see a lot of people relying on protein shakes to, and I think they're going to get these amazing results if you take three, three shakes a day. You take three shakes a day for a couple of weeks and yeah yeah, well. yeah it's it's not a magic potion i think it's that's like the main not, thing it's not, not like all oh, because you take a protein powder like you're going to get these gains you have to be working hard enough to create the damage so that the protein is actually uptaken in you know into the body it's yeah. like if you're not creating that damage it's not like a magic thing where all oh, because you have protein like you're going to get these changes you have to be working your body at a level that's going to get you know for goodness sake if it did work like that i'd be chugging them every freaking 10 minutes if it meant i was going to get like buff and stuff without actually having to work out you know if i could get rid of my my fat rolls by just chugging on protein god i'd be a completely different shape than what i am but it don't work like that you know yeah. you've got to put the work into the workouts too and the protein has to be at the right time in order to aid what protein also this is a convenience thing this is easy to fill um, a protein powder would you rather take a protein shake in no smell at all or have some of your you know like poached chicken and <laughs> the whole the whole staff and it's convenience you know um, yeah. it's convenience but like ultimately it's there it's there to supplement the diet and if it's if it if you if it's over a shake or real food real food wins hands down everything. yeah absolutely yeah, a good protein powder is the same as like it would be the same as a food sub like food substitute. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah. It's digestion yeah. and stuff as well. Yeah. So I think we're gonna we're gonna finish in basically saying they have their place in society, but you don't if you unless uh, uh, you know if you it depends on what you're doing and in the state of supplement your protein intake, but you don't need to chug on three protein shakes a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty pretty good. It depends yeah. is a good answer. But I think that's that's the questions. Um yeah. 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 Um, so so we'll wrap up there. So I hope you enjoyed that today, guys. Uh, and once again, as always, keep all your questions coming in. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you on episode next week, next week. See you later, guys. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, bye.